It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On NBA, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this lovely Wednesday. My name is Tony East. I host Locked On Pacers, filling in for Nick Angstad today, who hopefully not hear this episode as he enjoys his lovely vacation away from all of us here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On NBA today's got a lot. James Harden officially signs his deal with the 76ers, nice one plus one, saving the Philly some money so they can sign some other guys. Plus, what other rookies could get extended? We've already seen some of those. Keldon Johnson just signed a non-max extension. And count them up. It's Wednesday. How many teams are going to break into the top four of their conference that weren't there last year? And it's Wednesday. You know the deal. He's here always. Pat, the designer. Pat, what did you think? James Harden, two-year deal, only started at about $36 million. Saving some three million dollars, excuse me, saving Philly some money on the way. Uh, I think I think it's a good deal for for Philly in this situation, right? It's a deal you had to get done. Still leaves you a little bit of room to do some things right. Um, the the PJ Tucker move kind of eats up a little bit of that money as well. So so the, you you've still got a little bit of room. I, I believe there's still three point four million under the cap going into this season, right? So I mean, listen, it, it's about kind of the same thing that that uh, uh, AK's been saying with the Bulls, right? Continuity in this situation. We only saw 21 games of James Harden with Joel Embiid next season. You knew they wanted to run it back, especially with all they've given up. I still have my questions on how well this team's going to do. I think Joel Embiid's an amazing player, but I have quite Listen, we, two of the pieces on your team that are major pieces in you being successful are Doc Rivers and uh, and James Harden, and both of those guys have similar questions attached to them. So maybe, maybe this ends up working out for them. I still kind of want to see what the team does as a whole, but the thing that I do like about this is James Harden next to Tyrese Maxey. You saw Tyrese Maxey take a really big step last season and so I want to see if that continues and he's able to get his game to that next level coming into this 2022-2023 season if you get those three working together well you might have a problem on your hands in the Eastern Conference yeah we talked about this on Monday's Locked on NBA a little bit when Harden talked about why he might change the structure of the season to be a guy who has kind of a questionable background in the league on a team that hasn't even made the conference finals since the process yet with a coach that struggled in the postseason in recent years. To do this sort of thing, this isn't a small pay cut to get one guy on your team. This is a lot of money. P.J. Tucker's yeah. in, Daniel House is in, and you nailed the big point that I thought was kind of buried from this story today. They still have $3 million left. They, If yeah. they need to midseason – can scoop in someone else that could potentially help them. That gets cut. They can make a trade that adds money if they have to. Yes, they're still hard cap. They have limitations on what they can spend. But for James Harden, a dude who easily could have walked in and said, I want five years and whatever, 200 million or whatever his max is now, probably way more than that, 250 yeah. million, easily could have done it. To take this deal 
to where now he can also opt out next year, and the Sixers can then again sign somebody with their MLE to pair with their yeah. new guys and James Harden, who can get the max then. It's a really selfless move from a star, and this does happen sometimes. Stars, like we saw Kyrie do this with KD to get DeAndre Jordan on their team. But at this stage for Philly, going from a team that's underwhelmed in postseasons and really needs a kick to take to try to take them over the hump himself and to help out in that way, I think that's substantial. And I think getting the one plus one to do it is a really good bit of business for both Harden and the Sixers, who obviously it's going to be weird if they you know fall short this year after he turns down some money. But can really all set the, all of them, everyone in that organization now can set themselves up for a much better future than they had before free agency started. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think the one thing that you that you focus in on right now is, okay, if we end up using this money midseason, great. Maybe there's some guy that's out there that we can add to the team that we didn't think we were going to add in here. We got $3.4 million. We can still make a move here and get something done. I mean, and you're, you're able to – here's the thing as well. Like, speaking from somebody who does the Locked on Bulls podcast, we've seen you get really good players for $3 million. A former Philly player and Andre Drummond signed for $3 million a year, basically. Uh, we got Goran Dragic for $3 million a year. There's p- talented players out there that you can still go get for that level of money. But the question is, for me right now, how do the guys that are now in the building adjust to what we saw different from last season, right? When you're around James Harden, there's some guys that can thrive. There's some guys that might not. I think Tobias Harris is a guy that got lost in the sauce last season. He only averaged about 14 points a game with James Harden, essentially became a spot-up shooter in the corner for Philadelphia last season. And so I feel like that's, you know, like there's great names on this team that I look at and I'm like, this should be a better team than it is. But then when you see how it all actually works together, that's kind of where the question marks come in for me. I like the signing of Harden, but at the same time, how is that going to work differently than the system that we saw last season? Not only will it work differently, and I think you kind of nailed what I wanted to transition to, like, Look, I think they're a much better team because he did this. Like he opted out. He opted out and basically intentionally lost $14 million to make his yeah. team better. But now the pressure's on for not just Harden, for every dude on that team, for Harris to find a way to fit in, for Embiid to be an MVP level guy again, for Harden to be better than last year. Like, let's be honest, he knows. He's even admitted this. He was a little out of shape last year, right? Yeah. For all these rookies to step up, for all the guys that he took a pay cut for to come on this team and produce and help out. And for Doc Rivers, who this is the most talented Philly team since the process started, to make it all work. Like, there is a lot of pressure in this building now that all starts from him taking this $14 million pay cut because, look, none of us are dumb. They're going to give him that money next year. Like, they're going to make up for it. Yeah. In theory, he helped them out to build a better structure for the franchise. Like, they're not just going to kick him to the curb after that. But there is a lot of pressure in the interim to be good, to be good around Harden, and to make this work because – I mean, as, as talented as Embiid is and as star-studded as this Philly squad is, they haven't made even the conference finals yet. There's a lot of pressure on on everyone in this organization now. I mean, I think my biggest question is, right, like, does Harden have to revert to something close to what we saw in Houston for this team to work? I think Tyrese Maxey takes a step. And I'll say this, if, if Tyrese Maxey continues to play the way he does, maybe not, but you have to have James Harden be the 22, I think it was seven and eight last season in Philly on 46 to 48% shooting 
and not on 41 in the 30s percent shooting. And that's the part that we've kind of seen James Harden get away from a little bit. The offensive game hasn't been there as much. He's been more of a passer on on both Brooklyn and in Philly. And so I, I really want to see kind of like, what's it going to take to get Philly to that next level? I feel like it has to be closer to a little bit of what we saw from James in Houston than more so the James in Brooklyn. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And, you know, can they – I think he doesn't have to do it as much. Like, he yeah. has to be more efficient than he was because they yeah. have Embiid. Embiid's better now. Yeah. But can they at times, like if Harden is faster than last year and in better shape and more agile, can they use Embiid? And this is a way too simplified way of looking at this. But, like, even for ten possessions a game, five possessions a game, can Embiid just be what Clint Capella was yeah. when Harden was at his MVP level in Houston? Just screen and dive. Screen and dive over and over again. They'll still get some easy buckets from that. Right, and if he can do that, that will help maximize Harden and make the Sixers just a more dynamic, more complete team. And they've got the pieces in place to do that. I mean, they're basically assembling the Rockets right there with House kind of. and Harden and yeah. Tucker. Who's not, who's still out there they could get? Could they get Eric Gordon there? Uh, Eric Gordon, you could still get. I mean, <laughs> who else was on that team that could still be out there? What's Mba Mute up to? You know, those kind of dudes. Could they just sneak all of them in there? But they they have the blueprint down. I just think. Especially, I, I think you're right for Harden. Like last year was the worst year he's had in a while. Like he went yeah. from, he went from MVP candidate five years in a row, basically. To he was still great, but not even close to that level. And that's a big drop when you're at that level and a franchise trades for you. So it's uh, the pressure's on for that whole team, and he's got to be up to the level he was a few seasons ago. For sure, for sure, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm excited to see it though. I kind of. I, I've been somebody who's doubted Philly, and I I just feel like that doesn't work. But, I mean, listen, James, if you can get on the, the Kyle Lowry workout plan, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and you turn back into that monster that you were even close to, right? Like, it's like you said, the usage is the biggest difference. And I don't and, and I don't know if we can say, well, no, I, I blame D'Antoni for a lot of that. Like, you had James Harden on your team, and he was getting 56% of the usage, and Chris Paul was standing right there. But – I think Doc Rivers just coaches a completely different style. Um, and so if James's usage is down, say you use him for 45, 40% of possessions, and Embiid gets the bigger load of that, which we all expect him to do, and he's a more efficient scorer, then I'll be worried more about Philly. But right now, even with it as it is, like I just I have so many questions about how Doc Rivers is gonna use this team, how how much he's actually gonna be involved. Cause the, I'm even as healthy as they were, or even as injured as they were, when healthy, that scheme last season in the playoffs, that's not going to work to get you very far into the conference finals. I'm going to be real with you. If Scotty Barnes doesn't get hurt, you might not have got out of that round. So I've got my questions on Philly, but I think they, they did the best thing for them in this situation. 100%. I think we'll be having a lot of similar conversations next year because this player option, he almost certainly will opt out. Yeah. And pursue more money next year. We'll see where that lands them. Speaking of next year, rookie extensions for guys drafted in 2019 will kick in next year. We've already seen quite a few of these signs. Zion Williamson, John Morant, uh, Darius Garland have already jumped all over them. Who else could? Who else even makes sense? Keldon Johnson just recently jumped in. We'll come cut through some of that 2019 class and see what makes sense for guys to get longer-term deals with their current team. Before, though... I want to talk to you guys about the great people who are making Bilt Bars. What is Bilt Bar? Bilt Bar is, quite simply, the best protein bars out there. They're 100% covered in chocolate, 
protein bars that basically taste like a candy bar. As Nate Duncan used to say when he would do this ad read, they're the only protein bar that doesn't taste like you're eating the inside of a sawmill. That's what makes them the best protein bars out there. They have a ton of delicious flavors. My favorite is the peanut butter brownie. I currently have a bunch of the cookie dough ones in my kitchen. And their new flavor is coconut brownie chunk. You've got some coconut in there. Obviously, the brownie's in there, the chunk, these little uh, the firmer pieces in there. You can also get it in their puff variety that has a marshmallow infusion in there. Absolutely delicious, chewy goodness. And not only are they delicious, they're good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, but high in protein, high in collagen protein too, which your body absorbs more efficiently. You've got to try them yourself. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 when you're checking out. And you'll get 15% off your order of Built Bars. And you can do that every single time. That promo code again is LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back here again on Locked On NBA. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Hey, for your second listen, Pat's in right next to me. Go check out Locked On Bulls. Hear the latest and greatest from the land of the Windy City. Gotta suggest... Boys over there. Bulls team is going to be very interesting this season. And one of the interesting storylines for them this offseason is Kobe White's rookie extension, which is my segue into the 2019 draft class of rookie extensions. And all the easy ones happen first. If you're a max level player already after three years, your team says, you know what? We're not even going to worry about this. Here's your max money. You'll, you earned it. That's why Zion got paid, although that one is a little different. He got injury protection in there. <laughs> That's why John Morant got paid. That's why Darius Garland got paid. When it's easy to do, the money flies off the board. But when it's not as easy to do, you get negotiation. That's when Keldon Johnson gets four years, $80 million from San Antonio. And that's when a lot of these other guys have these discussions. And these won't, don't have to be signed until right before the season. So there's still two months in theory. Three months. Wow. Yeah. Three months in theory got for a lot of this stuff to happen. So there will be more. But there haven't been more recently does anyone stand out to you, Pat, as someone who could get one in the coming days? You know, R.J. Barrett is interesting because he's not quite a max player yet, but maybe he could be. DeAndre Hunter's pretty good. Kobe White's had a really down three years. He doesn't seem like a guy. Who stands out to you as a good choice? And who, especially of these lotto guys, seems like they definitely won't be getting one? Uh, I think Kobe White's definitely one of the guys that won't be getting one. I just feel like right, his contract right now is movable. Even if you do a sign and trade with him next year, he's a guy that you could see moved around uh, if he doesn't live up to the hype, right? And I think AK is very good on He's He's talked about continuity. He's talked about, you know, players kind of, we want these guys to be in here. Um, and, and him and Mark Eversley have absolutely done deals like this before where they say, we want to see how you play with, with us this season. Mid-season, mid okay, we're kind of, we're going to keep you around. We'll probably end up signing you to a sign-and-trade deal and then trade you away. They did it with Larry Markkinen to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and now Larry Markkinen's over there making nice money. R.J. Barrett, I think, is the most interesting one to me. I feel like he's not a max player, but here's the thing that we keep hearing. No matter what, the Knicks don't want to include R.J. Barrett in a trade. 
Like Donovan Mitchell's on the table. All these guys have been on the table, but we can't include RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett's not a part of the trade talk. So that means to me that you think that RJ Barrett is at least trending towards being this max level player. So I think he's one of the guys that you look at and you say he's probably the most interesting out of anybody on this list, just based on how much the Knicks are coveting him. Um, Outside of that though, I, I mean, could you make a case for Grant Williams? Maybe it's a tough, I don't know. I, there's not a lot of guys on this list that I immediately look at and I'm like, yeah, this guy's got to get back. So RJ Barrett's an interesting one to me. I think he's in the hardest tier of guys to get the extension. And that is the guy who is almost max level, but not quite there because every single time this happens the same way, the player is always going to bet on themselves. And they're going to think, you know what? If I have one good season, I'll just get the max next year from my team. And the team is like, great, prove it. If you play like a max player, we'll happily pay you. And so because they're at that impasse where they both just want to see how the guy plays, they don't end up agreeing on anything, right? They fall short of that. That's why unless you're at Keldon Johnson's level where it's $20 per year tops, you're going to – it's really hard to get close to the max without getting it. That's why Aiden didn't get paid last year from the Suns, for example, right? So Barrett's kind of in that tier to me. Where it's obvious he's very good. There's a reason the Knicks aren't trading him. Uh, but he's not a max level guy. So it seems like even though if they could get to something like five for 150 or something like that, where it's yeah. not a max, but it's a lot of money, you know, what, but why would Barrett take that? Just wait a year and try to get that next year. If you have a good year, especially with you know other good guards on your team making your life easier, maybe it's easier to get money. I agree with you on Kobe White. I don't think he's getting anything. Jarrett Culver's been terrible. So the only other two lottery guys who have been solid that are interesting to me. DeAndre Hunter's been good when he plays, (laughs) but that has not been enough for Atlanta. That's going to be some impasse there, and he's sort of like in the Barrett tier. He's obviously worse and plays less, where if he has a good, healthy season, the Hawks would be happy to give him some cash, but they don't want to give it to him now. And then Tyler Hero, who his situation's a little different, where he's probably close to a max guy, but the Heat don't want to pay him for trade reasons. (laughs) They want to keep that salary down to keep that obvious. So of the lottery guys... Maybe you'll see Barrett or Hunter get one, but I kind of feel like of the dudes in the lotto, we've already seen them all happen, unless maybe something surprising oh, happens with DJ Washington we, or something. We, we missed the obvious one. Uh, am I mistaken? Isn't Jordan Poole in this as well? Yeah, he's not a lotto dude, but we will get to him. He is yeah, one that yeah, I think okay. is interesting right. too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, non-lotto, he's interesting to me. You mentioned Grant Williams. He's an interesting case to me. And Brandon Clark. Those are three guys who obviously good on a good team who'd be willing to pay them. And they're not even close to – like they're all good, but they're not close enough to the max where you'd think they'd bet on themselves. Like I think they could all negotiate and figure something out this year. Those three guys are the main three outside the lottery that I look at and I go, yeah, I can see that team yeah. agreeing to pay them much more money. I, I, I feel like Jordan Poole – I mean, listen, you win a ring and you're a part of it. Yeah, I mean, you got a case. You you got to you got to you you walk into the negotiation and be like, "So why should we give you max money?" You just slide the ring back across the table and you're like and then you just slide your stat sheet. Now, granted, right? Like he didn't play uh, uh, um, as well as we would like in the NBA finals. I'm sure for most Warriors fans, you would say he played okay, maybe not great. But you watched him all season play pretty great. I think he's absolutely got a case in that situation for some max money. Grant Williams, I think, is an interesting one to me because you see everything that he brings to the table. But I feel like, right, he's he's kind of like you said, right, that one player that it's like, you're here, but for max money, we need you here. 
And I could absolutely see Grant Williams betting on himself. I think he'll be somebody that not only will not will bet on himself this season, but will achieve that bet. I really like Grant Williams' game, and I think he could be uh, looking at some serious money coming into next year for the Boston Celtics. Yeah, I think he could get eighty million next summer. I mean, if they if they win the championship, which they were in the finals and they just got Malcolm Brogdon, maybe even more than that, right? Like yeah. he's that level of player. If the Grizzlies have a good year and. I mean, Jaron Jackson's hurt. They have a big hole at the four right now. They lost Kyle Anderson. Seems like Brandon Clark's going to be playing a lot. I mean, he could get $80 million next summer too, right? Like they are in a good position to bet on themselves in theory if they don't get the offers. The Celtics did get to a rookie extension last year with Robert Williams. Like they are keen to these sort of negotiations. That was like four for 50, I think. So maybe Grant can, can agree to something. Poole is fascinating because I agree with what you said, like having the title in hand is, is helpful. I think Jake Fisher included this in his Bleacher Report piece too. But when you think about the Warriors, like they just won a championship, they're also kind of close to the end of an era, right? Like Steph and Dre yeah. and Clay are old. Poole is, is I mean, they have Wiseman, they have Moody, they have Kuminga. But Poole is like already good enough that you know you have your bridge to the next era. Like they're not yeah. losing him. So I kind of think that they that, that one could be agreed to on a number that looks really expensive. But as the Warriors decline in terms of talent – Having yeah. him locked up and having the next era ready to go right away will be a good idea for them. I, no one else, I mean, is even like good enough to to nah, get into not the max game. level. I think Jackson Hayes certainly. Jackson like, Hayes you know, gets a contract done, but I don't think it'll be <laughs> anywhere near a max. Um, you don't think, think PJ Washington could get, could get not a max, not not even close, but like I think there's a way that the Hornets could agree done. to a yeah, like well, a three or four especially year. after everything that's happened down there now. You yeah, know, like yeah, they're 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 trying to hold on to to a lot of players in in that situation already. And PJ, somebody who's shown talent, he's shown above average flashes. Yeah, you know I'm saying so. I wouldn't be mad at a PJ uh, Washington in there in that situation. Um, like you said, Hero's an interesting one, right? Because it's like, well, if he's on the team, you would assume they get a deal done. But right. is he on the team in that situation? Um, yeah, I, I mean, out of out of those rookie guys, right? Like Darius Baisley, okay, dude. Uh, Goga Bitaze had a nice game against uh, against the Bulls, I think, last season. But I mean, <laughs> other than that, yeah, every yeah. every rookie was getting off. Hi, uh, 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 Rui Hachimura is an interesting one. I think he could get a deal done because I think Washington is really like, okay, this is a nice piece for us, but I don't think it'll be anywhere near a max. Nope, no way. So, yeah, there's but, a lot of guys who I think will bet on themselves in this class, and I think they're right to do it, but. That's always a scary game, man. Sometimes it works out, and sometimes it really doesn't. You wish you would have taken the money. Hey, Jalen Brunson bet on himself after being offered four for 55. That man doubled his money. Sometimes it does work out. Let's count them up. The Wednesday segment here at Locked On NBA. How many teams in each conference can break into the top four that weren't there last year? Let's count them up on Locked On NBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back here on Locked On NBA, counting them up. How many teams that were not in the top four 
in both conferences last year are going to jump in this coming season. Minnesota got a lot better. The Clippers are getting Kawhi Leonard back. The Raptors are going to be better. There's some dynamic teams in the NBA this year. we got to count them up. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. For your second listen, plug in myself. Locked on Pacers is the way to go. If you want to hear more about what the heck happened with DeAndre Ayton and the Pacers, he was a Pacer for all of three minutes. I covered it for way more than that over at Locked on Pacers. You want to do one number for the East and one number for the West or a total number for both? What would you rather count up? Um, we could we could do one number for each. Yeah, we got okay. time. We got a little time for them. You're right. You're right. All right. In East, in East, how many teams can break into the top four that weren't there last year? I actually think my answer depends on the Kevin Durant trade because if Kevin Durant gets traded to a not Toronto Raptors team, I think my counting up answer here would be zero. I don't think any teams that were not in the top four last year could break into the top four, unless Durant's on Toronto. Then I think they can do it. Do you disagree? Do you think any team who's not in the top four last year can break into that tier? I would disagree because, it, and I would a huge caveat, uh, based on health, you know what I'm saying? But I think my Chicago Bulls, I think a lot of people forget, they were atop the Eastern Conference for a long time last season right. until injuries kind of ravaged them. Health is going to play a big part into this. They add a couple of nice pieces. They address their size issue. I think they have an opportunity to. Now, the tough part is, right, they would have to jump the Philly team that, like, bludgeoned us multiple times last season. So it, it's a tough argument there. But I think the Bulls are one team that definitely could jump into the top four. I would also say... A Brooklyn team. Sorry, it was tough to say. It was tough to say, but it's tough to bet against Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving playing on the same team if they're playing together. If they're on the court and when they're on the court, they're a pretty dominant duo, but that's true. You've got to add that in. So for me, I would say two teams have the opportunity to break into that top four and the biggest question mark. The two biggest question marks on me, right, is does Philly work and did Miami really get better? Like, even yeah. if they stay the same, you feel okay about it. But, like, you had a lot of dudes that you were watching last season that you were like, hey, weren't you supposed to be good? What <laughs> happened? <laughs> yeah, they're a weird one. And, like, Kevin Durant holds this whole thing up. Because if him yeah. and Kyrie are both on the Nets, I agree. If Kevin Durant's on the Heat, they're staying in the top four. If he's on the Raptors, yeah. they're going to the top four. And there's a lot of flux. So I considered yeah. a lot of teams. You know, I thought about the Bulls. They were, like, top two in the East until – Lonzo got hurt, and, and well, uh, let me back up. Their whole team got hurt, but the Lonzo <laughs> one was the catalyst that really like broke the Bulls last year. Yeah, uh, what I thought about conference finalists two years ago traded Chipson for Dejounte Murray. Atlanta, Atlanta makes the playoffs last year in eighth. I don't think they can get to the top four. I don't think they have quite enough ammo for that. What the heck's going on with John Collins? He's still on that team. <laughs> but if you have Trey Young who is a dude, a top 15 player in the league. You got a shot at it. I think the Hawks have a shot at it. So I think there are a few teams I'd consider, but if you make me actually put a number on how many teams I think will jump into the top four that weren't there yeah. last year, I'm going zero, none. That Hawks team is so interesting, man, because I'm like, I like the names on this team, especially if everyone stays, if John Collins stays, Capella stays, all that, right? But then I'm just like, anybody notice that that backcourt's like not tall at all? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like I love DeJounte Murray and the wingspan and the ability to defend it. I think he's a really good defender versus twos, but like, isn't he like 6'4"? <laughs> the West is way harder. 
way harder. Yeah. If you told me right now that the top four in the West were four totally different teams from last year, I think I'd believe you. And there are four teams that I think have a shot here, but the number I'm only going to give you is three. I think three teams will be in the top four. I'm going crazy in the West this year. I think Golden State is not going to be a top regular season team. Right. So they'll be killer in the playoffs. So if I had to gun to my head top four of the West right now, I'm putting Phoenix in there because I think they're going to be awesome in the regular season again. Of course. Healthy Denver with Murray and MPJ back. So Denver's one of my three. Uh, Minnesota's a second of my three. Minnesota, very good with Gobert, I think, in the regular season. And the Clippers are the third of my three. They have a chance to be the best team in the league next year with PG and Kawhi. If they're healthy, I think they'll be awesome, which is crazy because I think Memphis is awesome. I think Dallas still has Luka Doncic the last time I checked. Like, all these, it's a bloodbath for the top of the West. But when I was kind of listing these out for this exercise, I was splitting hairs, but I put those three teams and Phoenix as the top four in the West. So I think that three is my answer for the Western Conference. I would absolutely agree with you. Um, different team, one different team. I think Ooh. Minnesota, you can't overlook. Anthony Edwards is next up. He is oh, yeah. him, as they would say. He is a dog. And, oh, by the way, you added a player onto that team while giving up a lot, right? I get it. You gave up a lot. But you added a player onto that team that you don't need a de- – he's the defensive scheme. And you've got good defenders on this team for once. He's not going to know what to do with other people that play defense <laughs> on the team. Like, the defensive scheme in Utah was like, hey, Rudy, you got that? Appreciate that, Rudy. Appreciate that, man. I, you know I didn't have it. So, like, I really think they're going to be a difference-making team. The uh, second team for me, I, I would agree with you on now health plays a huge aspect into this, and it's something they haven't had. But we've seen what MPJ can do when he's on the court. We've seen what his kind of game and No defense involved in that either. He might as well be <laughs> playing with Rudy Gobert. Like, no defense at all. But he is a offensive guru when he's on the court and able to score Jamal Murray now if healthy I think all of those pieces work well if not healthy I would say two uh, uh two teams could change the minds but my third team might be a little bit of a surprise team here but and again health playing into this the New Orleans Pelicans with Zion Williamson are a problem CJ McCollum Brandon Ingram, Larry Nance Jr., Jackson Hayes. I like a lot of names on this team, but you're going to add back in a dude, not a dude that like, you know, he was pretty good around the rim. Not a dude that was, you know, he was an okay. He shot over 60% under the bucket. He is (laughs) 6'6". When you add that back into a team that was giving Phoenix some problems last season when making adjustments, I can't, I can't be, uh, I can't say that they're not going to make a huge leap. Yeah, I think they're going to be way better for sure. Uh, they still are running Devonte Graham at point guard last time I checked, and that's where I pause. I still think they're going to again Ingram, CJ, Zion, killer, killer team. They'll definitely be a playoff team. The West is insane. Like it is. Like knocking knocking Memphis, Golden State, and Dallas out of the top four seems stupid. Like wh- why am I doing that? You know, I just think all these teams are gonna be good. I haven't even said Portland yet, who is gonna have Dane back and got Jeremy Grant. They're gonna be better. Right? The Clippers are in this mix. We talked about them. Right? They, the, the West is just crazy. One of these teams has to not make it. Like, I don't know how to determine what this is going to be. It's it 
I the think best the part is, like, we could be completely wrong on all three of these teams, <laughs> and there's still people that would listen to this and be like, but you made good points. Like, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, like legitimately, we could see, like, would, would any of us be super surprised if a healthy Lakers team is a top-four team next season? Right, right. I wouldn't. Yeah. They have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and maybe they figure out how to make Russell Westbrook work with that lineup. I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if all of a sudden that worked. The Kings would surprise me. It's the only team that would surprise me. <laughs> if the Kings do anything, I'm surprised. <laughs> hey, the, the, this discussion's all cute. And until Kevin Durant's on the Suns and they're just the best team in the league, and then it doesn't matter. Well, that's true. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I would, if, hey, I got to see how they pull that off. You pull that off, I'm intrigued. We'll see where that lands. I'm actually glad. We just did the first NBA podcast ever that didn't talk about a Kevin Durant trade. We did it. We made it 32 <laughs> whole minutes without talking about we, – we briefly mentioned it, I suppose. And it was a great show. I'm looking forward to talking about these sort of things, the fallout from how the teams move. And we'll continue to do that here on Lockdown NBA tomorrow. You'll get even more coverage on this show from David Ramil and Adam Mares. Pat, thanks for chatting with me. It was a great time. We'll see you all next Wednesday. Until then, take care. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.